In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host and Jack. I know you're super excited about this guest. Yeah, I'm really excited for this guest. There's sort of there's three accounts I go to when breaking news happens in the NFL. You've got Rap Sheet, you've got Schefter, and then Benjamin Albright is a fantastic uh, person to go to. Um, so no, absolutely over the moon that he's on the show. Um, yeah, great stuff. Well, we got we got Adam on the show. No, I'm joking. Benjamin, how are you? <laughs> well, that's got to be a letdown for your guests, but uh, I'm uh, doing well. How are you guys doing? No, great. Benjamin, apologies for the poor English humour. Uh, Benjamin, it's, it's great to have you on, on, the, on the show. Would you prefer to be called Ben or Benjamin? Uh, you can call me anything you want, man. I'll, uh, I'll answer. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, yeah, so first of all, thank you so much for your time. And tell us, what team do you actually support? Well, I, I just enjoy great football. Um, you know, I mean, I grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but, you know, when you're covering the league, you got to kind of put that on the back burner. Uh, a lot of my coverage, because I live in Denver, um, you know, there's, there tends to be a little bit of Broncos coverage in there. But um, really, I consider myself just a fan of the game more than a fan of a specific team. Excellent. Are you going to be going to the uh, Broncos-Browns uh, game? Yes, I will. I will be there. Excellent. Okay, good. Uh, and uh, tell us, we're obviously, me and Jack are huge Brown fans, but if you had the opportunity to go out for a drink with one person in the Browns organization, Ben, who would it be? Well, I think, uh, you know, I think the obvious answer there is, uh, you know, it's probably Baker Mayfield. Uh, matter of fact, I'm actually wearing a Baker Mayfield shirt right now, so I guess oh. that probably makes me a little impartial, but, um, <laughs> um, or a little partial as it were, but I, uh, um, yeah, picking any one person to, to go out there, Baker would be one, but, uh, Oof. Miles Garrett actually is kind of a brilliant guy and I would like to pick his mind because he has such a unique perspective on things. And I always enjoy that. I always enjoy people with a different perspectives that, that challenge me to look at things differently. And Miles seems like he would be that guy. Our fans are going to be wanting to know what actual May uh, Baker t-shirt you wearing right this second. Is it the new, uh, is it the new um, color rush top or is it uh, just a classic t-shirt? Well, just it's, a, it's a dangerous yeah, it's a classic T-shirt, and actually, I've shown a picture of it on my account before. It says Baker Mania on it. Uh, it's got kind of a Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, you know, throwback vibe. It's an orange shirt, and uh, it's on my Twitter account somewhere. I'll I'll dredge it up, send you a picture of it later. Ben, if you're wearing it, it's probably sold out. <laughs> well, I I hope so. The people that sent it to me for free, I think, are looking for some free advertising. So, I uh, you know, I hope they're getting their money's worth out of it. Excellent, and. Uh, what film would you say describes the Brown season so far? Oh man, that's um, you know that's a tough one. I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, a British director here and say Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, <laughs> because I think uh, you know I think that that's that's probably the most apropos uh, the way that this season has turned around after they you know after they clean house, quote unquote, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. So I, I think that uh, I think it's a culture shift, and uh, I, I think that that'd be my uh, my my personal title. I must say, 
uh, Greg Williams is like Vinnie Jones. It's a uh, it's a great uh, it's a great film. Yeah, I love uh, I loved uh, that one, and uh, a little less so on uh, on Snatch. I thought Snatch was an alright film too, but I thought it was a little more glitzy than than maybe the original than Blockstock, which I thought was a little more gritty. I thought it was more fun. Yeah, good. Um, so the coaching search is obviously the big focus in Cleveland. Um, what sort of the names out there that you think will um, lead in the charge at the moment? Well, um, you know, I, I would suggest that, and this may be disappointing to most Cleveland fans, but I would suggest Mike McCarthy is probably the number one name, assuming he's let go in Green Bay. Um, I know people have, uh, I know people have thrown a bunch of other names out there. But that's kind of the, the name at the top of the list if they're able to get him. If they do, um, they could probably keep the defense intact, maybe make a few changes along the offense. Um, but, you know, he's one of those guys that they can bring in. They don't have to make a whole lot of changes. He's got a track record of success. I mean, the guy got 3,800 passing yards out of Aaron Brooks back in 2004, um, you know, back when that was a lot of yardage. So, um, you know, I think Mike McCarthy's at the top of the list. Uh, I'll tell you that out of college, um, you know, the two names that have been mentioned are the collegiate guys. Uh, Lincoln Riley is not coming to Cleveland. I, I can tell you that now. You can put that one in the bank. He is not going to the Browns. Um, Matt Campbell is a possibility, but um, I would suggest that that's more of a fallback candidate. Um, I know in recent weeks, Josh McDaniel's name has come up. Um, I would suggest that that is not as popular as, as maybe people think. Um, you know, uh, an early name that, that Cleveland wanted was John DeFilippo, uh, and then they would pair him with Jim Schwartz. The problem is that DeFilippo has a kind of a salty taste in his mouth from his previous experience up there, and so that's kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, so I don't think DeFilippo is going to be the guy in Cleveland. Uh, some of the other names that are out there, John Harbaugh, that's not going to happen. He'll either be the uh, the Broncos, the Jets. Um who else? What other names have been out there? Greg Williams. Greg Williams is not going to be the permanent head coach. He was he was made the interim as kind of a favor because everybody knew after this, the Bounty Gate scandal he'd never get another head coaching gig. Um, so I, th I think that covers most of the big names that are out there. I don't think there's really anybody else that's quote-unquote in play. And I would suggest that Mike McCarthy is probably the, the, the top name. Ben, if you could see Jack's face when you said uh, Mike McCarthy's name, Jack was not happy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> I, think, I think Mike McCarthy, I think people, there's a bit of revisionist history on him. And I think the problem with Mike McCarthy is that Mike McCarthy has gotten so reliant on Aaron Rodgers over the last few years that his offense has really gotten stale. He's not, because, he's not been the creative guy that he used to be 10 years ago. 10 years ago, Mike McCarthy was Sean McVay. He was the innovator. He was that guy with a brilliant mind. He was that guy that made Aaron Brooks, who was a nobody, uh, you know, into a perennial 3,500-yard passer. So, you know, I, I think if Mike uh, were to step out of Green Bay and be forced to shake it back up, maybe it gets him back to his creative play-calling roots. Uh, so if that happens to be the head coach of the Browns, I wouldn't despair that so much. I'd give him a chance before. And if he continues to be the same guy, well, then, you know, then you could be upset about it. Oh, it's, it's not one that I'll uh, run and uh, jump in a lake and – go Hughes back so uh, everything's up from here that's the uh, positive spin that we can always put on it um, mm -hmm. Arian, Bruce Arians keeping Kitchens and Williams in place and just coming in as a figurehead can you see it and what's your view on that uh, it's a possibility um, uh, like I said the McCarthy thing is probably there at the top 
Um, the Arians thing is is there. I wouldn't suggest that it's um, it's not their top priority, but it's something to think about. It's in the mix. I would be a big fan of it, but the problem with that is, is that Bruce Arians is not a spring chicken. You know, he's he's seen a few years in the league, a few winners anyway, and he's um, he's not a guy who's going to be there super long term. So, you know, if Bruce Arians is the guy, what's your plan beyond that? You know, um, and, and you have to figure out what that is uh, because if you look at uh, Bruce Arians departing places, uh, those teams have gotten hilariously terrible after he left, whether it's the Colts, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals now who are an absolute wasteland. Um, you, you have to have a plan in place for that. So if you knew, if Bruce is going to be the guy and he has a proven offensive track record, uh, what's going to be your, your succession plan or your plan after that? Uh, and you need to figure out what that is. Yeah. I, I'd guess the natural one, if it came in would potentially be, if he did, say, three years, potentially four, would be hope Kitchens can step up. Um, obviously, that's a long way off that time frame, but I guess that would be where you go. If you've got Williams and Kitchens, you're obviously not going to groom uh, Williams to be a head coach. Right. Yeah, you're not going to – you know, Greg Williams is not going to be the head coach of the Browns long term. He's not going to be after this season, and he's not going to be a head coach in the league again, most likely. I mean, again, that bounty gate thing is – you know, it, it, in the interim, you can justify it for an interim thing, but you can't justify making a guy who did that kind of stuff, especially in the safety-conscious, quote-unquote, era of the NFL now. Um, so, you know, if you were going to groom Freddie Kitchens, there's, there's kind of a thing there. But, um, you know, you, with, with Arians, again, though, you have to have – uh, a succession plan, an idea of what you're going to do beyond Bruce Arians, because, uh, you know, you're probably getting a three-year window there, maybe four. Okay, and just to go back to Matt Campbell, what, there's lots of people out there who bluntly just say they don't want someone to go from college head coach to uh, NFL head coach. What's your view on that? And is it becoming more of an in thing with, um, obviously, offenses changing in the NFL? Well, yeah, you, you, you know, college concepts, innovation in football has always occurred at the lower level. So innovation or creative new, new ideas have always occurred really at the high school level, then filtered their way up to college and then into the NFL. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, you know, I think people are finally starting to catch on to that. I think people are finally starting to say, you know, we could be the same old same, or we can seek innovation. And if we seek innovation, it's going to have to occur uh, you know, uh, by reaching down into quote unquote, the lower levels and, and, you know, making that happen. Um, you know, Matt, Matt Campbell's a guy with a, with a very proven track record. You know, he, he went to, uh, uh, Bowling Green, uh, you know, as, uh, did some coaching there about union, uh, Toledo, he turned that program into a, you know, into a top program. Um, you know, they, they started off, uh, you know, nine and four and they, they finished nine and two and they, uh, all total, I think he was 35 and 15 there. Um, you know, and then he's got Iowa State, a perennial doormat uh, in the Big 12. They started off, you know, three and nine. He's turned them into a seven, eight win team. So, you know, he's got a he's got a long history of turning around programs. His uh, his playing specialty comes from the defensive side. He's a defensive lineman. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's he's a guy that you could consider. It just really depends on what he brings in as an offensive coordinator, um, you know, to, to make that work. But, you know, he's a guy who's got a proven track record at the collegiate level. I would not be opposed to giving him a shot. Um, I think he's the guy who um, who gets more out of people uh, from less uh, in terms of talent. But, you know, overall, again, it, making that jump is, is – uh, you know, is, is difficult. I will tell you this, he's had previous pro offers. Um, Scott Pioli was the director of player personnel for the Patriots. 
uh, and offered him a job with the New England Patriots that he turned down uh, to return to Mount Union as the offensive coordinator, and they won the D3 championship both years after he went back. Impressive stuff. Um, Obviously, it's a long way away, uh, draft season. Any early signs of what um, the Browns are interested in, what you think they might do um, coming forward? As far as the head coaching search, I think it's going to be Mike McCarthy. I think Green Bay is going to move on, and I think he's going to be the guy. There's a, there's a personal relationship there with John Dorsey dating back to his Green Bay days. Um, you know, and they, they think that an experienced head coach is, is the way to go. Um, and, and, you know, Mike McCarthy's got a proven track record. Even with the stale play calling, even with the bad defenses that the Packers have fielded over the years, um, they, they still have had – uh, you know, a pretty decent track record making the playoffs and success and stuff like that. And so if you look at this as Green Bay's now, I mean, excuse me, Cleveland now has the talent base to start winning games. Let's bring in a coach who can get us to the playoffs um, and, and get that going. And then once you've established that track record of success, two, three years down the road, you look back and say, okay, is Mike McCarthy the guy who can get us further or do we, is he the guy who laid the foundation and we need to find the next guy who can make the next step um, and, and, and go from there? And if you look at it through that prism, I don't think that Mike McCarthy would be a bad hire. There we go, Jack. See, turning the negative into a positive. Uh, Jack, Jack, question for you, mate. What's your number one guy for the uh, job? Um, I had a lot of interest in Flip, um, but obviously I don't know his feelings towards the Browns, um, which Ben spoke about. Um, just... Because even though Cousins really hasn't fired, he's getting destroyed by the poor O-line. I think that was a, a route to look at. But uh, no, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Arians move I'm more open to if we see uh, more wins down to the end of this season. Because if it's not broke, if, if it's still working and we're able to pull out a solid spell of wins, say three, four more wins in these last uh, few games, then you don't want to change too much. So... Yeah, I mean, there's an outside shot at the playoffs here. Um, I know people are, you know, kind of laughing at that. But, you know, the reality is that the schedule's pretty conducive to that. Uh, you know, a sixth seed is not out of the question if the, if the situation plays out right. They'll obviously have to pretty much win out. But, um, you know, the playoffs are not impossible for these teams. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of optimism with the talent that they have and, and what they have in place. Yeah, no, um, Football Outsiders have put us up. We were 0.6% chance before these weekend's games. We're now 1.2% chance. So we're celebrating 100% increase. And uh, the next pod we've actually got on tomorrow, we're going to do a full breakdown of uh, the route to the playoffs and is it possible and what games do we need to be watching <laughs> out for. So uh, we're going to go full positive and see what's it going to take for us to make the playoffs. Well, you're going to have to obviously continue playing, you know, uh, at, at a high level. The offense, which has been uh, lights out the last couple of weeks, uh, especially converting in the red zone uh, at such a high clip, um, you know, it's going to have to continue to be effective. The defense has been good all year. Um, you know, they were getting, generating a lot of turnovers early on. The defense has been pretty good, especially playing with, like, the modern philosophy, which really more suits what Greg Williams does. Uh, you know, modern, modern NFL philosophy, you, you can't really build a defense to – stop people from gaining yards on you. That's not really a viable way to build a championship team, especially with any longevity. Um, I know there are a couple teams this year that have kind of done that a little bit, Buffalo, Baltimore, Houston, uh, but it's not sustainable long-term. I mean, Jacksonville, they didn't look at how they are this year. They, you know, last year they stopped 
stop people, but they can't do it this year. And their offense is, um, you know, it's terrible. So it's not a long-term winning strategy. So what you have to do in the modern NFL is build a defense that uh, keeps the play in front of them, kind of a bend but don't break philosophy until they get into the red zone and then clamp down and try to turn people over or, or limit you to a field goal. Uh, and, and, you know, the Browns have had a, a very successful defense doing that this year. Um, so, you know, I, I think that they're built correctly. They could use a little more athleticism at the linebacker position, uh, maybe a little more depth at corner where they've had some injuries. Uh, but, but overall, I, you know, I, I think that they've built a – uh, a philosophically sound defense it's, that you can ride for the next three years. Uh, you just need the offense to gel, and then you're going to be a competitive football team. I know. I, th- I think it's exciting times. The pieces are all coming together, and uh, no, who knows what's going to happen next? I've said in that first five years when Baker's on the rookie deal, we'll get to a Super Bowl, and uh, I think we'll win it. So uh, just got to get the right coach and uh, keep adding pieces. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a very young football team. So, uh, and cost effective and you got plenty of cap space. So the, the one thing that you have to be careful about, the reason John Dorsey got run out in Kansas city, uh, was getting in cap hell. So you got to make sure that you don't extend yourself too much with committing too much money to veterans. Yeah, they need to, uh, the Browns need to hire Jack. He's a cap expert expert. So, uh, uh, Dorsey could save his job if he hires uh, Jack. So Dorsey, if you're listening, hire Jack. He'll keep you online. He's not happy with your O-line. It's too expensive at the moment. So uh, make some cutbacks. Oh, you, you should have heard my reaction when uh, Jarvis Landry signed and then got that extension. Uh, it, it wasn't suitable for podcasts. There was uh, F-bombs and all sorts of colourful language. Yeah, I wasn't too keen on that. But what they want to do is they want to kind of make it a destination city for veteran free agents instead of, you know, the last place that guys go on their way out the league trying to get a last cash grab. And so they overpaid for, you know, trying to create that perception. And, uh, yeah, Benjamin, looking forward at the um, uh, draft, is there any names of players that you think that we should be uh, keeping an eye on? Uh, a little early for all that right now, but I would definitely be looking at you know wide receivers and offensive tackles and linebackers. Uh, they'll probably be looking at the uh, you know the safety position a little bit as well. I think Demarius Randall's kind of solidified himself as the free, but um, they, you know they may want somebody to challenge the strong safety there. So, uh, but but I would suggest you know again they'll they'll probably look along the offensive line, and you're probably looking at, at wide receivers. Um, you know, finish rounding out that uh, the, you know that offense. They've had a lot of injuries. Um, specifically at the receiver position this year. And you're going to want to get a solid core in there all the way. Yeah, we've got um, Peppers and Kindred. I thought they would be quite safe for safety. Jack, any views on that? Or Yeah, I like them there. I think it's the, uh, it's the cornerback that we just need to add that third piece because obviously if Ward's firing, if Mitchell can come back and perform at a high level, you just need that third cornerback because for me, I want five DBs on the field nearly all the time. Um, well, nickel, yeah, nickel is base now, yeah. and so you're going to have three corners on there. But TJ Carey looked pretty good when he was healthy. Um, so it's just a question of, like I said, it's health and bodies. And, you know, again, you're probably going to see, like I said, you're probably going to see offensive tackles, wide receivers, and linebackers as the primary. You may see them snag another safety just to, just to add to the competition. It just feels weird to be a Browns fan and not having to look at the quarterback class from the draft. Um, <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel right. So, uh, hey, we'll see what happens. <laughs> nice feeling uh, to have that settled. Yeah, Benjamin, uh, just as an NFL question, how strong is the uh, uh, QB uh, draft this year? 
Not very. Um, you may see as many as four or five guys get drafted in the first round simply because of desperation, but uh, it'll be more like that that quarterback class that had that saw Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, and all those guys drafted. You know, you had Blaine Gabriel, like five of those guys drafted in the you know in the first round that year, and none of them were any good. Um, you know, this is this is a class that basically consists of two franchise guys, and that's Herbert and Haskins. Uh, Justin Herbert out of Oregon, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. Everybody after that is just kind of a guy. Uh, you got Drew Locke out of Missouri, who's you know who's hit or miss, uh, and then everybody after that's just just a guy. Uh, whether you like Ryan Finley, um, I think he turns the ball over too much, or Will Greer, who's basically Case Keenum 2.0. Um, you know, there's what Daniel Jones out of Duke's a little bit intriguing, but he's going to need a year. Um, so I, you know, I think it's a very weak class. This is not the year to be needing a quarterback. Hmm. And um, uh, with the um, you know with the, with the draft. Um, what are we looking at the moment, Jack? About twelfth, we're drafting. Twelfth at the moment, um, but literally we could ha- half a win one way, we're seventh. Half a win the other way, we're seventeenth. I think it's uh, anything could happen. And Be- Benjamin, how would you feel if we took a wide receiver in the first round? Do you think that'd be good for the Browns, or too early to take a, a weapon like that? Well, it all depends on who's there, um, you know, when you're drafting, obviously. But, you know, if you're able to get an elite talent there, um, you know, why not? Uh, the one thing I will caution you about with wide receivers is wide receivers generally take about two and a half years to really start hitting their stride in the league. So if you're a team that's wanting to win sooner than later, you know, wide receiver usually isn't where you want to go early. Um, but, you know, that having said, uh, there's been a kind of a dearth of talent there at the wide receiver because of the injuries. Uh, so, you know, uh, surrounding with more weapons, maybe the way to, maybe the way to go. I, they may look at free agency for another receiver if there's, you know, if there's something available, um, just because having an established guy who you're not having to coach up for a couple of years to, to reach his potential is, you know, ostensibly better with a team you think should be competitive next year. Okay, great. And, um, the, um, uh, big game coming up, obviously the uh, Broncos, uh, you cover quite heavily versus the Browns. Uh, what do you think the, your score prediction is for that game? I think it's be a good football game. Um, both those are, are very good defensive football teams. Um, I think the Browns have a better offense. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how those, those Browns uh, offensive tackles handle the pass rush rotation of Vaughn Miller, uh, Bradley Chubb, Shaq Barrett, Shane Ray. That's, that's really, I think, going to be the difference maker. If they're able to keep them off of Baker Mayfield, the Browns should win that game. Uh, if they're not, then, then the Broncos will probably win that football game. Broncos don't have much of an offense. Case Keenum is just the guy. Um, they do have an incredible weapon in Philip Lindsay, the running back. Uh, I think he's the best rookie running back in the league. Obviously, you guys have Chubb, so you're going to think that, that he might be the guy. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch both those two go head-to-head in that game. Uh, I'm always in favor of running back that wasn't drafted. So uh, even though I like Chubb, I, I was spitting feathers when we took a running back in the second round. Uh, when, when you had Harold Landry, uh, defensive end, sat there on the board, you had Cortland Sutton, and we took a running back. So uh, I love Philip Lindsay because... Every time anyone goes Saquon Barkley's good, uh, you can just run him down their throat. So, uh, no, I love Philip Lindsay. Picked him up everywhere, and good luck to the lad. Just not when we play him. I will tell you this. There was a lot of speculation pre-draft. The Browns were never taking Saquon Barkley. He was not going to be taken either way. So, uh, Benjamin, I'm going to ask you for a number. I'm going to put you under a bit of pressure. What's your actual score prediction right now? For the... Um, Browns. Uh, me, Browns and Broncos? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, let's call it uh, probably a 23-17, 23-20 kind of game. 
Okay, we'll go with your first score. And who's going to win? I say, let's give me the Browns 23-20. Ben, we love you. You have to come to shore more often. <laughs> I can, the Broncos are a good football team, and they shut down some pretty good offenses. But, I, I, you know, I just don't like that matchup for them. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for Cleveland to come out here to mile high and win because if you get gassed so quickly at elevation up here, uh, you run out of breath. But, uh, you know, I think it's a very favorable game for the Browns. You really tell a lot about the Browns with the game that's coming up uh, more so than that one. Uh, you know, if they're able to shut down high-flying Houston, then I, then I think they beat them. If Houston gets the, gets the jump on the Browns, then I think that's a game that the Broncos, uh, you know, the Broncos can win. Yeah, it's going to be a super tough uh, game uh, this Sunday. Yeah, you know, I think that they can beat Houston. Houston's winning streak's kind of empty. If you go back and look at the teams they've beaten, they're mostly bad football teams with backup quarterbacks in there. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Houston's kind of a fraud. Uh, the problem is, is that if you're the Browns and you want to make the playoffs, you need Houston to keep winning and you need India to start losing, uh, you know, in order to work that out and make the playoffs. So uh, it's, it's going to be one of those scenarios where if you beat Houston, then you need Houston actually to lose out and the Colts to win out in order to, uh, you know, in order to make the playoffs. So... Yeah, it's one of them weird ones that Texans is one of the easiest, if not the easiest, schedule this year. For me, the one of the five games that we've got left that worries me the most has got to be the Panthers. Even though they've gone a bit weak recently, I still think they're a team that can uh, come up with anything on any day. So uh, They're a good team, balanced on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, it's, it's, if you can shut down the run, that's what makes Carolina one-dimensional. So if you stop the run early, you stop Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton early, uh, you can beat them. And that's kind of been the blueprint last couple of weeks for teams. Yeah, Ben, this rolls quite nicely on. How many wins do you think the Browns will get the rest of the season? We've got five more games. How many do you think we're going to win? Um, you know, if I was a betting man, uh, you set the line at four, that's where I'd find the, find it intriguing based on the schedule. Uh, I think they can be a, you know, an eight win football team. Uh, I think it's tough to say they run the table. I think it's certainly possible. Um, but you know, three, four wins, I'd set the over under at 3.5 and that's where the, that's where the betting should begin. Wow. So positive, Ben. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Great. I'm going to ask all our guests this question. Um, what's your very, very, very hot take for the Browns this season? Like, we want something a bit crazy, um, something a bit different, anything that you can possibly think of that may or may not happen. Well, uh, three weeks ago, I, I tweeted out that they could win the – that they could make the playoffs. So, I think that's a scorching hot take three weeks ago and looks a little bit better here, you know, three weeks later. But, um, you know, I'll stick with that. I think they can get that sixth spot. It's going to be incredibly difficult. They probably have to run the table, but I, that, that's my hot take. Um, I, you want a real hot take, I, I guarantee they make the playoffs next year. How about that? Ooh. If they don't, I'll buy you both efficient chips. Oh, mate, Ben. It's an exclusive. It's a world exclusive. Ben has said we're getting to the playoffs next year. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that they're, uh, I think they're a stone cold lock for the playoffs next year, barring an injury, of course, to Baker Mayfield. Uh, this season, where do you think they're going to finish in uh, the division? Then, well, second in the division certainly isn't impossible. Um, I see the Ravens on a downward trajectory, even with that defense, and they're going to move on from John Harbaugh at the end of the year. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are a bunch of nobodies, and, and Jeff Driscoll starting a quarterback against the Broncos this week. They're going to get slaughtered. So, um, you know, I, I think that the Browns finishing second the division is not not uh, out of the realm of possibility. I think no lower than third and could be as high as second. Well, Ben, we would love to have you on every week with this positivity. It's brilliant. It's great. Um, but, Ben, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, where can our listeners uh, find your details? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at Albright NFL. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, around Denver, you can find me on the television and radio all the time. Um, I got a new uh, new national TV thing coming up next month. So we'll be announcing that shortly, but we'll give you like the pre-announcement here. So everybody worldwide will be able to stream that uh, once we get that going next month. Excellent. Well, you definitely got two uh, watchers uh, over in England watching your show. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Ben, any plans coming over to Europe soon? Um. Not uh, not particularly this year, although maybe next summer. Uh, it's been a while since I've been over there. I think 2004 was the last time I was over there. Um, uh, well, I take that back. 2009. I was there briefly on a stopover in 2009. But 2004 was the last time I spent any uh, real time over there, and I'd, I'd love to get back. Yeah, great. Well, me and Jack would love to take you to a soccer game and uh, show you London from a local's point of view. And it's um, yeah, it'd be great to uh, meet with you face to face one day. Absolutely, I'll take you up on it. And maybe I can then buy you the fish and chips. There you go. Hey, I'm not opposed. <laughs> Excellent. Ben, thank you so much for your time. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, guys. Thank you very much and have a great rest of the week. You too. This change coming. This change coming.